to me, um, the biggest and, and powerful factor to me starting this organization was the big question, why? Why do I want to start this? What's driving me? So when you have this strong um, desire that drives you to do something, especially in this time and age where we have all the information on our fingertips, the how is not that threatening. It's not that scary. The biggest question is why do you want to do that, right? Because when you know, you, you go through challenges, you go through rejections, um, what's going to help you to keep moving and, and pressing through is the, is, is the why. Thank you for tuning in to IPU Podcast, a show about business owners, philanthropists, and influencers from the African diaspora. I'm your host, Jay Tessie. Hello, hello. What's going on, IP listeners? Thank you so much for tuning in. Again, I can't say this enough every single week for continuing to come back. We really appreciate it. We don't take it for granted. We have another special guest in the building, Josephine Murphy. She is the C- uh, the co-founder and president for Shelter Them. She's a mom. She has a brand new show that she's working on, Life Talk with Josephine Murphy. She is here to just share her gems with us. I'm so excited to have her on the show. Welcome to the show, girl. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. Really excited you made some time for us. Um, There's so much you talk about. Obviously, you wear so many hats. But before we get into all the juicy details of what you do, please share with our listeners a little bit about you and then we'll dig deeper. Okay. Um, I'm Josephine Murphy and um, I am a mom. Like you said, I have two kids. Uh, My daughter, Abigail, is 13 and my son, Joshua, is going to be 15 in a few days. So I'm busy. I have teenagers, of course, that comes with, you know, (laughs) challenges, (laughs) rewards, And, and um, it, it's, it's, been, it's been fun. Um, you know, I miss when they're little. Uh, and that's why I don't take for granted every moment I have for them, whether it's a good day, bad day. Um, I think all of them are meant to be here to make us proud as parents. So I'm proud of them. Um, and uh, beside that, I work because you, you, you need to bring some um, good stuff to the table so you can maintain the family and you can uh, get the kids to have what they need and what they want to. Why not, right? It's part right, of life. Right. And I work full time uh, with the ministry. Ministry of Education and for Ontario. So I work with blind kids um, from kindergarten to university, and that's what I do. Actually, I just finished um, producing EQAO um, in Kurzweil today. So that's what what I do for every day today. And uh, the other things is to shelter them, which we're going to talk about. And uh, I do um, Life Talk with Josephine, which is something that um, has been on my heart. I've been doing it all along, but I just didn't have a name for it. But now I do. Nice. Wow. Um, That's amazing. How long have you been teaching um, blind kids? Um, I've been working with the Arrow since 2013. 
And um, I, I love seeing those kids that work at the school. It's called WS McDonald for the, for the blind. Um, and I, sometimes I see four-year-olds walking around the school. And, of course, they're blind. And, and uh, good morning, Miss Murphy. And uh, just to see that I'm, I'm contributing to producing their books, the Braille, and yeah. their um, other um, mediums that I produce every day. I think it, it's something that... Um, really shows me that doing a work that is contributing to to the need of others it's just really fulfilling so I love it I love what I do definitely you are obviously helping so many ways and um that takes me to shelter them tell us a little bit about shelter them how it was founded and what brought on the idea in the first place um, shelter them uh, is something really, if I look back, that um, has been part of my life since I was born. I was born in a family of 10, and I was born actually as a refugee in Burundi, and it was like a refugee village. Uh, some people might know that. Um, it's called Mushiha. And um, so, you know, being born outside our country as a Rwandan person, like a lot of, of them, um, my mom raised 10 children. And beyond that, she she would just help anyone. Um, and so I was born seeing her doing that. She's like, she's like the model for me for everything I do. I learned so much from her. And my mom worked with an orphanage called the SOS for over 25 years which is was helping orf, orphan children so from that I growing up when I came to Canada which perhaps you might ask me later I came to Canada in 97 um, after being here for a while I went back to Rwanda and just a difference it's, it's funny how as human beings when we step out of our uh, norm it's easy for us to forget you know like I got used to this culture every day today tall buildings cars shopping school and you completely kind of lose track like forget a little bit right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so after a few years in Canada when I went back to visit I saw children on the streets hungry asking for food water and I was like wait a minute I can't believe like this is what's happening. What can I do about this? Like, you know, because I was raised, if there was a need in front of you, you do something, you know, about that. Because my mom, who she was. And so one time I was at church and I saw this um, a group coming with the little kids to eat. And I said, what can I do to join you? What can I do to help you? I must do something. Mm-hmm. And that's how Shelter Them started in 2005, just by joining hands with some group of people who were helping kids. And I got home. I just couldn't just take a shower without feeling like I live in abundance. Like I need to give back mm-hmm. to um, who I was because I was born in a refugee camp. So you can you can tell, I, you know, I was born in poverty, in poverty myself. Mm-hmm. So Shelter Them was founded from that root, from that foundation of feeling like I have stepped out of the uh, the situation that seemed hopeless and I'm doing great. Then I need to give back. And, and, and Shelter Them started in 2005, along with my twin sister we co-founded it together wow and um <laughs> i mean it's been a, a while um we support over um uh, hundreds of kids now in different homes between kigali and bugisera 
And so where we're at right now, like further to our growth, um, we are more a becoming influential, large organization with, you know, we want to influence more lives, more children with the development centered approach that isn't just helping the children, but equipping them um, so they can design their own future um, with you know, a uh, clear vision to where Rwanda, where it's going as well. So we work with the government to okay. uh, equip the families. Yeah. Yeah. That's where we're at with shelter them. That's amazing. Um, I totally get what you said about, you know, when you're, when you're removed from your norm and then you set a whole new life, you, you know, you, you're completely, it's almost like you're, you're brainwashed and you don't even remember how you survive in that environment. And then going back, I, you know, and you see how people are living and you feel so grateful. And, you know, obviously you have the heart of giving and you always want to help. Sounds like from the moment that you realize, okay, there is a need, I need to do something about it. I mean, so many people feel that way. You know what I mean? That when they go back and they see people living in poverty, you want to help and you know that they have this need. And maybe sometimes you can help a person or two, but you're not equipped to start a nonprofit organization. Like, was it overwhelming for you to come from a place where, okay, I want to help. This is what I can do. But how can I make this a bigger, something that's bigger than me and start that nonprofit? For somebody that's listening that wants to start a nonprofit organization, can you kind of just tell us, in, like, I mean, not in detail, but step by step so people are not overwhelmed? Because sometimes people are like, oh, I want to help, but where do I start? And then they just don't do it. You know, so for you, right. like, what was it for you that kept you motivated even when you came back to continue to work towards starting Shelter Them and actually sustaining it? Because it's been around for a while now. Um, I completely understand. And that question um, comes a, a lot in everything we do in life. Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of times we step out of our um, comfort zone. Um, if we want to change and grow, we must, you know, we must step out of our own heads, our own limitation, our own mm-hmm limitation beliefs. Mm-hmm. So to me, um, the biggest and, and powerful factor to me starting this organization was the big question, why? Why do I want to start this? Mm-hmm. What's driving me? Mm-hmm. So when you have this strong um, desire that drives you to do something, especially in this time and age where we have all the information on our fingertips, the how ha- how is not that threatening? It's not that scary. The biggest question is why do you want to do that, right? Because when you know you, you go through challenges, you go through rejections, um, what's going to help you to keep moving and, and pressing through is the is, is the why, why you did it in the first place when you have that purpose and, and, and that motive and a desire to do something. So for me, seeing Rwanda where it was, you know, where it was and, and, and seeing that it's something has been on my heart, it was for me to say, you know what, I, I'm going to go home. And I'm going to start to help. And how do I do that? I didn't like I didn't have all the regulations and laws around how to start an organization. You know what I did? I sat down on my computer. And I called my friends. I'm like, what am I going to call this anyways? It needs a name. Mm-hmm. So we called a shelter them. And uh, we got a few people around and friends, coworkers. And we, we did the first dinner. And the first, we cooked ourselves. And um, so 
after the the event, we raised eleven thousand dollars in three hours. Okay? Wow! And I was so happy and so encouraged to do even more because I can see that people are responding. And once we got that, I said, "Wait a minute! Over ten thousand dollars automatically have to have an accountant." There you go. We found an accountant, somebody who also wanted to join and do something. And after that, I went to Google and looked for a lawyer and I gave him a thousand dollars for my credit card. I say, no, I, I can contribute to that. And sure enough, and within like a week, mm-hmm. we have the charity that's with the status in Canada uh, registered and now the how to register to start a website. It's something that is so learnable on YouTube, anywhere else. So the how is not a big problem if you have that drive to do what you want to do. So if you want to stir something and do something at this time, you do that. You just have to make sure you know why you're doing that. And I guarantee you, you're going to succeed in life. You just have to have that desire and, and the motivation to do it. So, yeah, and it's, um, even up to today, we're growing and we're registered in Canada, in U.S., in Rwanda and U.K. And not because I have all the expertise in the world, but because I just my heart is uh, driven by something bigger than myself and something I love to do as well. That's amazing that you found your why in you're right. Your why is the reason why you keep going. So how do you find, how do you determine that? What is the criteria for those families? How do you say, okay, I'm going to help this family and not that family? Like what do they have to have in order to qualify to be a part of your nonprofit or for your nonprofit to help those families? Okay. And um, it's a good question. So that goes to Shelter Them mission. Um, Shelter Them's mission is to power vulnerable children um, in families, first by ensuring them that we, you know, we put them into families that can take care of them. Um, and then with those families, we equip the parents to um, uh, help them in the future to be able to do something that can help themselves as well. Mm-hmm. So anytime we have children, in the family, or even if we find them outside. Um, in the past, we've had babies dropped off at our office, and we just find them outside. Oh my god! So anytime we have any child that is in need, we take them to the government, and we work with the social workers to declare the status of the child. We want to make sure first we um, look for possibilities if these kids might have extended families that can adopt them or that can um, integrate them into our families. And if we can't find the parents at all and that child will be declared declared orphan. Uh, and then we, um, in Kigali, we started homes for children. So we take four little girls and we'll find their mom. We'll find four boys, we'll find the mom or a dad. So that is sort of the model we have, especially in Kigali, mm-hmm. where we have uh, foster parents who are looking um, after children, depending how many they are, but usually about four, unless they're all related. If they're six siblings, then we, we keep them together, we find them a mom 
or if they have their mother already, we keep them with their family, but they have to be um, in a situation where they don't have the basic needs and then we add them to shelter them project. And that's how we work. Have you had to turn people away? Um, no. For example, I went to Rwanda in November and I took a team of 30 people and some of, a couple from the States as well. And I do this every two years, the trip that Shelter Them does. So I had 30 people going to our trip and we went to Bugesera and we have uh, a large uh families in Bugesera that we're working with right now and some of the people on the roads where we're doing constructions of some of these people's families uh, these homes uh, some people will come by say hi I, I am hungry I have two children can you help me in that case what we do I can tell like I can tell they have no shoes and mm. their lips are cracked you can you know you can see somebody in a situation of, of, of poverty and some of those people uh, when they talk to me, mm-hmm. um, we can't just add them on our program because our financial and resources are limited. So what I do, I ask them, you need to go and consult your uh, municipal or local authority, get yourself registered. And from there, that local person will approach, will approach shelter them and we will work with with them to see if we're capable of adding them to our program. However, if I'm walking on the street and see a five-year-old child and I happen to ask, why are you alone? Where's your mom? Where's your dad? And they seem lost or they're a street child. That child is coming with me. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'm not going to, no, that child is coming with me. Um, But again, if somebody, if you're walking on the streets, they know you're shelter them because they just know who you are and (laughs) everybody's coming. Yo, can you help me? Can you help me? I have a child. We, we have like proper structures where people have to go through to be filtered, to be uh, recognized and assessed. So do I, do we return, do we return people away? I'm sure we do. We can't help the whole world. Um, however, we do um, value each person and their needs and we might connect them to other organizations or the government but um, we, we try our best to help whoever we can. Wow, that's that, that's exactly why I asked that question because you know there's so many people that are in need, and if they hear that you're coming to town, everybody wants you know everybody wants to get the help that they. And I love the fact that you're not just helping them, but you're equipping them to also help themselves down the road. Right. What are some exactly. of those things that's that you what want? Yeah, what are some of those things that you do help them with? Do you um, pay for their school fees? Like, do they have to attend a certain program in order to continue to be a part of Shelter Them? What is the process with that? Um, So like I said, we have different projects. And one of them, if we are working with orphan children Mm -hmm. that are a little, um, the only way we can equip a child is to give them education and you must feed them. You have to have to have where to sleep. Those ones, the only way to equip them again, is to give them education. Right, now it's when we, right. When we have a family, for example, a family of four children and they have, they have their mom and dad. A lot of times 
we have helped the families where mom and dad have absolutely nothing and they're as as homeless as as the children so we'll take mom and dad and the children we'll build them a home and we'll send the children through schools and we do have a sponsorship programs um our website has all that information so we will take a mom and dad and give them um a skill so for example in kigali shelter them opened um, sewing programs for the women. And now they go to school for six months. Um, after they graduate, they are sewing incredible, beautiful stuff. I don't know if you've been in Rwanda recently that they, they're sewing incredible um, uh, outfits and, 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 and uh, products that they're selling even overseas. So those women, um, they have a store and they're, they're making a living for themselves. And men as well, um, we equip them with something that they can um, hopefully eventually become um, self-sustainable uh, through their, their, their skills and, and, and work. Um, and that's what we are doing. And uh, uh, we do have in Kigali, even um, in Bugesera, we're starting a, a kindergarten. And that kindergarten is to help our kids who are under age six. And um, we use some of, of the caregiver who actually are going to become the teachers in, that, in those kindergartens. So we're giving them opportunity to work while they are taking care of the children so they can be paid and help themselves as well. So those are sort of the ways that we um, we're helping to, to equip them so they're not dependent, they're more independent, and not give you self-worth. Nobody wants to be a charity case. Every person in the world, whether they're poor or not, they want to contribute to uh, the society and, and bring uh, food to their table but from their own uh, work and their own fruit. So, yeah. That's really awesome, yeah. Uh, you're helping them and also allowing them to still have that sense of pride that they're doing something as well. They're not just, you know, receiving handouts. That's amazing. So if somebody wanted to be a part of shelter them, obviously donations are everything, but what other ways can they help? Um, do you have volunteers going to Rwanda at a certain time to help or how does that work if somebody wanted to be a part of it? Uh, there are many ways uh, people can get involved and help shelter them. Um, they can help uh, financially by going to our website. It's www.shelterthem.com and they can click on the donate uh, button and they can donate from there financially. It could be a one-time donation. It could be um, ongoing donations. And one of the most um, important ways to give to shelter them is to sponsor a child. It's about $40 a month to sponsor a child. And I'm so happy that a lot of people are doing this and some Rwandans as well are sponsoring children from back home. And that is uh, give to shelter them and ability to have that uh, stability of income that's coming to the children and and shelter them all of us like i said from the beginning we have our full-time job 100 percent from canada goes to uh to the actual project and um 
We have workers um, on the ground in Rwanda, but everyone here, we have our full-time jobs. The other way to help shelter them is to take a trip and go to Rwanda and get your hands dirty. And if we're in the middle of building a home for our family, then you can get your hands dirty. You can go visit our children and spend a day and talk to them and uh, share your story, uh, love them. That's very important. And um, you can become a Shelter Them Ambassador. And um, we're starting a campaign in March. It's called I Have a Heart for Rwanda. And that's throughout the whole Canada. I'm going to be traveling in Newfoundland to, uh, to work with them. We have a big team there as well. Some of our board members are there. And so we have campaigns. We have activities. We have uh, galas, events that people can participate. Uh, so they're... Check our website, read stories, and see what we're doing, and let us know how you can get involved. We'd love to be a part of our team. Sounds like the possibilities are endless. That's amazing. Um, yeah, super duper proud of the work that you're doing. And Thank you. please, if you guys are listening and you want to be a part of this great project, check out her website. And like she said, take a trip to Rwanda. It's a beautiful country worth every time, uh, every hour that you spend in the air <laughs> you won't regret it <laughs> um so let's shift gears a little bit and talk about your talk show life talk with josephine tell us a little bit about that and and how you um started that and what it's about life mm-hmm. um life talk with josephine um is that it's something i have been doing i've been um speaking at uh, different places uh, different events, uh, but now I wanted to give it a name so people, if they want to learn more about what I do, uh, they can uh, go to a website. Uh, and if I have a speaking engagement, I have a calendar, so I'm not sending emails all over the place. I'm not speaking all over the place. It's more uh, structured. So Life Talk with the Josephine. Uh, I'm going to be uh, starting a bi-weekly TV show. It's a live uh, show, and that's going to be uh, through... Uh, a TV show called the Go Live TV, and you can find uh, through Google Play Store, um, Facebook. Uh, there is a website. It's at Go Live TV underscore CA, and uh, we're going to be talking about day to day struggles, life insight. Um, I'm going to be talking about uh, family as well, because I saw some of your uh, speakers, some of your uh, guests were talking about families. I love to work with families and children. I have children. And so uh, Life Talk with Josephine, uh, there is a website, but right now it's under construction because I have a lot of things I need to add on. But um, I have a Facebook, Life Talk with Josephine, if you want to check it out. Uh, but I'm going to be doing a podcast, webinars, speaking in Toronto. Um, if I'm invited in Newfoundland, I go to Newfoundland as well, and I, I speak there. And so, yeah, it's coming up, but I'm excited about it. Wow. So it's literally life talk, like you're just talking about life. Have you always had this desire to be a speaker, or is it something that comes natural for you? How did you discover that, that passion? I was born in a family of 10, and uh, if I wasn't home, 
my mom would be like, what's happening in this family? Everybody's quiet. It's boring. Like, where is she? She's not arguing. She's not talking about these big topics. It's always have something to say. And a lot of times was because life, I learned from life every single day. Uh, like the other day, we're playing hide and seek with my kids. And I was hiding just behind a curtain. And they couldn't find me forever. I could hear them going, no, 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 she disappeared. There's no wishes in the house. This is incredible. And all I'm thinking in my head is like, how in life sometimes we are faced with a problem. Okay. Mm-hmm. We know there is a solution. However, we are ready to give up. Okay. We mm-hmm. can't keep looking. We can't keep working at it. But we know there is a solution. But we're just still going to give up. So to me, in my head, I was just learning about life, how what happens to us and how do we respond or react to what happens to us. Mm. It's going to bring the result at the end. It's what brings the result. Like, did you react? Did you respond? Or you are giving up. So like at the end, the guys, I was right here. So small things are big things. Big things are small things. Oh, I love that. Did I ever find you? I'm kind of curious. <laughs> I wanted to teach them to, che- to teach them something mm. because I didn't want them to give up. But again, our world now have a lot of, you know, uh, everything I want them now. Mm-hmm. We don't, we, we have a problem waiting because yeah. we have things on our fingertips. Uh, if I want something, it's here. If I want a pizza, it's here. Mm-hmm. If I want food, it's, you know. So um, I wanted to, to see if they're going to give up. And then eventually when they say, mom, that's it. But I give them time. Okay, I give them time to look and look. I was falling asleep. I took a nap where I was standing behind a curtain. <laughs> and finally I said, okay, here I am. They're like, we couldn't believe it. I'm like, that's what happens in life. We can allow it to teach us every day. Then we can learn from it. And with the experience, with the knowledge, I think ultimately that's what brings happiness, which, you know, what your show stands for. Uh, Everybody's looking for happiness, but happiness starts from within, not from anything outside ourselves. We can find it in within ourselves if we allow life to teach us, embrace what's happening, whether it's good or bad, and decide how we want to move on in life. So, yeah, that's what sort of things I'll be talking about. I I love it. I'm definitely going to be tuning in. Um, Are you going to, like, have guests on the show? Is it just going to be you just teaching us about your everyday life or what you've learned and all that good stuff. Um, definitely. I think life is better when you have more people giving insight and, and sharing the life stories. Definitely. I'm going to have more people um, sharing their everyday today life stories and struggles and triumphs. And oh, of course, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to interacting with people and learning together as well. And it's going to be weekly, daily? I'm going to start bi-weekly because I'm going to be doing blogging and I will do podcasts as well. The live TV that I have, it's going to talk um, about shelter them because that's something that I want people to know more. I want more more awareness for that. Um, But my website is going to have YouTube, podcasts, um, and 
uh, webinars as well. So I'm going to be posting. But bi-weekly is what I'm looking for right now. Hopefully I will do more. But it's a lot of work because I have kids. I have shelter them. And I have my blind students as well. So I don't want to stretch too much because I need time for my children. They're number one priority in my life. And I want them to know that. And that was going to be my next question. Like, how are you managing all this? I mean, you have so many projects going on, like time management. Can you kind of like give us, I mean, some people, I'm horrible with my time management. I'm not even going to lie. So what are some things <laughs> that you do to make sure that you're doing everything and not, not feeling like you chewed way too much food that, you know, that you can't bite? I think a time management for me comes to, if we can manage your daily routine, mm-hmm. you can manage your quarterly and yearly life. It all has to do with the schedule. Believe it or not, it sounds like work, but life is something that we need to work at every day. So I have a plan. Like when I wake up in the morning is what am I doing today? I have 15 minutes for a workout. I have five minutes to read. I have a few minutes to wake up my kids and um, say good morning to each other. Those are good habits that you want. You want to look at each other's eyes and say, um, uh, I hope you have a, day, a good day today. Uh, maybe say two or three things you're thankful for. We have a family. We have a nice warm house. Mm-hmm. And if you have time, share a breakfast and say goodbye. And you have you go to work. But when you come back, you need to know there is time to cook. There is time to chat. Talking is very important with children. We need to teach our children. How was your day? Uh, what was your challenge? What was your anything happened to you today that I should know? Mm-hmm. So take that time to uh, dedicate it to the family. But you have to write it down. If you're going through life without structure, without plan, you're going to be lost. So we have to create your daily routine by writing them down and uh, treasure every moment. And go to bed early because you need your sleep. Otherwise, you're not going to function next day. So every, I think every day is important, but it has to be planned out. And trust me, when you plan it out, it's not as overwhelming when you think, I'm going to go through the day and I'll do what I can. Mm -hmm. Because everything becomes urgent and you forget the important things, which is the ones that we push out the most. Because everything becomes urgent. You don't want that in your life, right? Mm -hmm. You want to create what's urgent, what's important, and create a balance between the two by writing them down and go through them by checking each box if you have to. And that works out beautifully by the end of the day and you're not as frustrated. And I'm sure it, um, at the end of the day, you feel proud of yourself because you've accomplished, you know, your whole list. That sounds amazing. I feel like I'm going to hire you to be my life coach because my mornings uh, don't sound that I'll beautiful. be happy to talk to you. <laughs> Thank Seriously, you. Seriously, because you just made it sound so nice. Mornings are, ugh. It's so stressful. Yeah. <laughs> like, My kids don't like me when I wake them in the morning at 6.30. Why do we have to wake up at 6.30? I'm like, we need 15 minutes together. And it's really important. But you oh. know what? The more you do it, 
the more they get used to it, mm-hmm. the more disciplined it's something they embrace and, and they eventually appreciate it oh, and they 100%. get used to it. So, yeah, yeah it, it sounds like it's a difficult, but, you know, like I said, simple things are, are the little things are the big things and the big things are the little things. But slowly you get accustomed to it and, and you create a habit and you start uh, seeing that it's not as complicated as it is. It becomes simple. And you said big things are small things and small things are big things. Is that, mm-hmm. is that the saying? That's right. All right. I'm going to remember that. That's my takeaway from this interview. <laughs> I mean, of course, shelter <laughs> them. <laughs> That's, thank you so much, Josephine. Um, I will definitely be tuning in to your talk show. Sounds like whoever tunes in, you're going to learn a lot from this lady. She is wise beyond her years and she looks amazing by the way so i'm like how do you have a 13 year old that's crazy to me um but black does not crack and it shows <laughs> but again i'm glad thank- I'm, I'm proud of my root- my roots <laughs> yeah that's true and your routine too is probably helping because you don't stress out and you know thank you stress doesn't help us um health wise mm-hmm. but thank you so much for coming on the show Again, um, tell the people how they can reach you for shelter them, um, for your social media platforms or any other way that they can reach out to you if they wanted to talk to you or get involved in whatever you're doing. Okay, so you can reach me um, by um, going to www.shelterthem.com it's my website and you have all the stories about all the children and families we work with um i you i have an email address but something you can probably find but um if you go to uh josephine murphy if you look for me on facebook that will be my personal profile um we have a shelter them uh facebook as well we have a shelter them LinkedIn. We have shelter them Instagram and all the social medias. Uh, for shelter them, that's that's where that that's how you can um, see what we're doing. And for uh, my other uh, show, it's um, under Life Talk with Josephina.com. That website is coming up soon. I'm working on adding more stuff, so I'm ready for when March fourth comes, which is really when I'm launching the my uh, my program. But for now, my Facebook is 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 available, and it's under Life Talk with Josephine. You can find me there and. Uh, Tell me what you think, and hopefully soon I'm going to have a content and some videos to share with you. Can't wait. And um, before we let you go, since you've learned so much in the little things or the big things, what has been the biggest lesson for you since you started Shelter Them? Um, The biggest lesson for Shelter Them, for me, it has been that you can go through life seeking for happiness, which I, I believe everyone, they want to uh, be happy. They want to be uh, fulfilled by what they're doing. And shelter them, it's something I believe that at the end of my life, when I think and look back, one, I'm going to say that God has been good to me. 
I'm Christian, by the way. I do love God, and I believe He is the driver of it all.、Mm-hmm. Okay, when I was、mm-hmm. talking about what drives me to do what I do, He is number one, and two, my children. Because you can have all the money you want in the world, but if you're alone, you have no one to share with.、Uh, It's it's completely meaningless. So my children, and then my legacy. What's what's left behind when I'm gone?、Uh, where are my children going to treasure? Where are they going to follow as a model? It's going to be me with what I've you know taught them, and I want them to continue with the legacy what I have built in my life. So shelter them is bigger than myself, and I think life is worth giving. And receiving is good, but when you give, I think that's the true happiness and fulfillment and contribution to the world. So shelter them is who it's really it's my heart, and I'm proud of it. And I hopefully I can go beyond Rwanda and go to the whole Africa, so we can be all of us interdependent people and countries that can work together to create a better world. So that's that's my legacy for shelter them. That's a beautiful legacy. Thank you again, and continue to do the amazing work that you're doing. Super, super proud of you, and I'm sure your kids are very proud of you as well. Even though a lot of times kids don't express that very well, but pretty sure they are. How could they not? You're an amazing woman. <laughs> Thank you. Our listeners, please get involved in Shelter Them. Like she said, ShelterThem.com. She can use all the help she can get. So please, please, please get involved. If you can't donate your time, donate some money. We appreciate it. And like always, thanks for tuning in. Until next time. You've been listening to IPU Podcast. You can follow IPU Podcast on Instagram. If you haven't yet, please go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe. Rate and review this podcast. Join us next week for another inspiring story. Follow your passion; it will lead you to your purpose. As always, thanks for listening. Until next time. <laughs>